DCM works. I'm sick again, which seems incredibly unfair. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art for Artists podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works. My name is David DCM, also known as DCM. I hit pie. Just a little flame <laughs> for that one. Um, uh, what the fuck my, was that? I fucked up. I panicked. <laughs> I joined in words by my co-host Ben. Oh my god! And this week we're talking about Hotline Miami. What are we talking about in Hotline Miami? Hotline storytelling of Hotline storytelling Miami. Storytelling of Hotline Miami. So, so real talk. It's a game. It's I a love, video game. I love this game. Yeah, you. Were, I can't. I'm bad at it. Yeah. So I to the point where the I influence think, of this game was David was like, oh, play Hotline Miami. I, yeah. And I ended up finishing it. Well, because so we did Drunk Souls, and then, and then I, we were very tired. We we're very tired, and we we're like, let's just kick around. And yeah. I was like, well, I want to see how this game ends, but I'm not good enough to beat it. So can you play? Hotline yeah. Miami? So I played it. So you played it, and I watched you beat it <laughs> with seemingly little effort. Yeah. So I I love Hotline Miami. It's uh, um, so can you. Explain Explain what kind of a game it is. So it is a very interesting top-down kind of action game. It's got a very sort of in-your-face, extravagant art style. It's all pixel-based, very gory, but it's very yeah, it's very gory, and the whole screen like tilts slightly with the music. Heads in, you yeah. stab them in the throat. The soundtrack is like fucking just rage-inducing. Shock people to pieces. Yeah, and the whole game is just a fucking fever dream. It's brutal, mate. And it's probably one of the more interesting examples of a unreliable narrator in games, yeah. which is hard to do because when you're making a game, you're playing as a certain character, you're kind of relying on them to be reliable. You know, because you're actively controlling them, it's really hard to to portray a character who is unreliable without the player feeling disconnected, without it being without it feeling obvious that the player character is like has their own free will and you have no control over their actions yeah. but Hotline Miami does a really good job of going you are in control you are the one doing all of this and then by doing that and then creating an unreliable narrator mm. it makes you as the player feel like you don't really know what's happening and you, yeah. you don't you don't understand why everything's going this way but then you know towards the end of the game it it, slowly sinks it basically tells you you know it, it drops bombs which at first you don't notice but when you go back and you sort of re and you look at everything that happened and you look at everything that you were told mm. um one of the you know in my opinion uh, hotline mammy one is all about questions um we're kind of ignoring the sequel hotline mammy two yeah it is important for the story but looking at the first game on its own it's all about questions if you include the second game the first game is kind of just it's it's just a point on a map. Like it's really insignificant part of the the actual story. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate. It's kind of why I'm just using the first game. So uh, spoilers for the first game. Probably won't talk about the second game. Yeah, well, I also haven't played this. Yeah. Game, so. Like I've I've played it once. I haven't played it in a while though. So it's kind of kind of figure out what happens. Yeah. So in Hollow Mammy, there's two player characters, and they don't have names. You don't really know who they are. Um, even in the game's code, they're known as just player. Yeah. Um. But they're unofficial names. There's Jacket and Biker. So Jacket is your first main character you play, and then later on you switch to Biker. And uh-huh. that sort of gets explained a bit later. Obviously, because he wears a, a motorcycle helmet and he rides a bike. Yeah. Um. So Jacket's story is... It's the first, like, 12 chapters in the game. The game has about 15, 16 chapters in total. So the first 12 chapters of the game, you play as this guy called Jacket. The game starts, and you're basically 
told by a weird hobo in an alleyway how to kill people. <laughs> you know, just yeah, that's the tutorial for the game, and yeah. it's it's one of those weird things where you know because they're teaching you how to play the game, the the hobo says like things like press the WASD buttons to move around, and it's you know at first you're like this is dumb, this is a typical video game bullshit. And you kill a bunch of guys, and then the game starts for real. And you're like that's that's kind of weird, and the first thing that happens is you get introduced to these three weird animal characters. Yeah, they're sitting in a There's living... These three characters room. wearing animal masks, and you're yeah. like, who the fuck are these people? And so there's there's a horse, there's a there's an owl, and then there's a chicken. Yeah. And they have names, I don't really go over their names, but each of them has like a certain sort of personality. The horse is kind of like, oh, like, how are you doing? Like, are you doing alright? Like, you look terrible you should rest the chicken the not the chicken the owl fucking hates you the owl's just real he's angry. not a fan yeah and probably the most interesting is the chicken and the chicken asks the chicken is the one who asks the questions there's yeah. about seven questions in total throughout the game and the chicken asks you these really weird questions that just make no sense like straight off the start of the game the chicken is asking you things like do you know who i am why are we having this conversation? Yeah. You're like, I don't fucking know. What is this? And it's weird because after that happens, you just wake up in your apartment. Yeah, and then you go to the phone. And you go to you the go, phone. And you go to a mission. And the phone tells you, hey, your package has arrived. It should be at your door. And you go, and it's a chicken mask. And you're like, what the fuck? Yep. And then it tells you to go to somewhere and handle some business or like go it's to, always some a, it's always something like you know oh go the, drop off the tenement or like go pick up or it's the, like oh i need you to babysit my kids make sure you give them lots of discipline the, and the, be hey, discreet. There's, a, there's a pest problem there can you yeah just make sure you can you go out? can you go eradicate the pests for me and you know so you go to where it is and it turns out it's usually you some, murder the shit out you of go to a place and you just fucking murder you everyone kill literally everyone and it's a weird thing because when you play the game, if, you know, most of the time nowadays, people know what kind of game they're buying. You know, they yeah. know, you know, when you look at Hotline Miami, you're like, wow, this is a really violent game where you kill everyone. It looks fun. I'm going to play it. So you go in with the expectation of kill everyone. So that's what you do. And that's what the game asks you to do. So you spend, you know, a long time just fucking murdering all these people. You murder a lot of people in that game. And, and it's complex and it's difficult. Oh, yeah. Like, the gameplay itself is just fantastic mm. um it does a really good job of making it seem like really sort of significant the amount of people you're killing yes because you you die so easy you die in one hit from anything from every so yeah, being from able to, characters one hit kills yeah you. so f- so f- being able to get through everything without dying it's like you know that makes you feel good mm. and the first few levels you know they go like this you know no real hitch after every level you go to a convenience store where your friend works and he, you know, he gives you something on the house every single fucking time. Well, it's time. a different store every time. It's a different store, but it's the same person. Same guy. He's techni- It's There's nothing weird about that. That guy just has a lot of jobs. Yeah, it's like a... Because <laughs> like he he's kind of a bum. It's like a salad bar. It's like a pizza yeah, store. Yeah, so he just works at a bunch of places and you just yeah. always go to chat because... The it's first vi- time you meet you him... Vi- you go to a video store at one point and he gives, he gives you snacks. Gives, yeah, he gives you a VHS. Whatever, Because yeah. the first time you meet him, he says something along the lines of like, oh, you know... Like, I haven't seen you in ages. Like, last time I talked to you, you'd just broken up with your girlfriend. So you know that he's someone you know. He's yeah, you know him. He's not a stranger. So, you know, you're obviously friends with him. And it's kind of weird, because this whole time, you, your character is a mute. You don't talk at all. And that is kind of important later. So you go through levels, and everything's kind of fine. But every now and then, you get weird 
hallucinations or things just happen which don't really make sense. And a lot of the time it's really subtle. Um, some of the more sort of gruesome takedowns with specific characters, they actually end up implying that that's not what happened. Like, when you, when you like, fucking, you know, you rip someone's head off or you, like, fucking just maul someone's face into oblivion, those characters that you do it to actually end up being not dead. Okay. And it's a weird thing where, because your character, in their mind, they see themselves, like, beating the shit out of this person, that it's a weird... That's actually a hallucination. Oh, okay. And that gets dropped later on, which we'll get into a bit. Yeah. So, basically, you go through the game and you... About a couple of, you know, around like the three quarters of the way through, you end up killing this guy wearing a motorcycle helmet. And this is actually where you real. This is sort of the the clue that not everything is as it seems. Because you, you know, it's a pretty hard fight. You kind of have to, you know, it took me a few times. Yeah, you know, watching you, you, you kinda, do it, it. Yeah, like it's real hard and fast. You have to do a bunch of dumb shit to end up taking him out. And you eventually fucking pommel his head in and he screams some shit that doesn't really matter. And, you know, you continue the game. And that's really the point where shit just starts hitting the fan. Like, yeah. we, you see people... You see, like, dead people Things just around. Really weird. Like, your friend that normally gives you stuff at the end of every level is, like, dead and replaced with this weird guy who says things like, hey, we're closing up, you have to get out of here, and you just leave. Yeah. Um. A, like, a couple of episodes later after this weird shit happened, you end up going home. Your girlfriend, who is a hooker, who you picked up earlier in the game, is full of bullets. Yep. You walk into the living room, and there's a guy with an animal mask, and he shoots you on the head. Yep. Um, long story short, you don't die. Uh, you wake up in a hospital after a co- from a coma of that you were in for, like, a month. Yep. And it's that's sort of the penny drop moment, where at first you're kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, that's the end of it. He just had a coma. But the the animal sort of... All of the animal, the three animals that you meet in the, it's called like the animal living room. Those are actually hallucinations that you experience during your coma. Yep. And he's, your character's actually, when the game starts, your character's technically in a coma and you're just recounting what happened, which is why everything gets really weird and crazy Mm. up to the point where you get shot in the head. Yes. Because then obviously, you know, that's the point that you remember last. And of course it, it would get really weird and fuzzy up to then. So... There are actually answers to the questions yep. that you get given. And you only really realize those answers once you hit this point of... The level's called trauma when you're in hospital. Mm-hmm. Probably the most interesting question, or uh, one of them's a prediction. He's like, I have three predictions for you. Um, I think it's like one... Put, like I think the three are someone is not who you think they are. I forget what the second one... And the third one is on... Like July twenty something, you will wake up in a bigger house, which is the it's when you wake up trauma from... level when yeah. you wake up in the hospital, and then you kill everyone. Well, you don't actually kill anyone in the hospital; you just leave. Um, but mm. you, your character at that stage, you know, he's basically lost everything. He wants to sort of figure out who's giving him the phone calls. Yeah. So, you, your character f- thinks that, and this is sort of Jacket's perspective. He thinks that the all of the mob that he's been killing up until this point, so all of the yeah. gangsters or whatever, he thinks that those are the people who are sending him the messages for some reason. You know, yeah. making them because that's sort of all he sees from the perspective of him. Yeah, 
you know, he's just like, oh, they're the bad guys. I've obviously got to go kill them. So you end up, you know, you break into their um, establishment. You end up, uh, you kill the guy who shot you. So you go to the station, you kill them. He tells you, oh, it's these people. Then you go kill those people. You have a fight at the end. There's a panthers. There's a ninja girl. Yep, there is. The guy shoots himself in the head. Game over. Uh, the game ends and the hard fight, by the way. Yeah, oh, it's real fucking brutal. And the credits roll, and then you're like, oh, okay, that's Hollow Miami. But then you hit continue. <laughs> yes. And you get presented with extra characters or extra chapters, sorry. And they're from the perspective of the biker. Yes. Who is the character that you kill pretty early in the game before the whole trauma thing. Yeah. And it's really interesting because this is a really odd diametric Because this is hypothetically in the coma. Yeah, so it's... So it's happened and it, and you remember well, it Well, no, it happens the before the coma. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, but, but you remember, but you remember it, it during the coma. Yeah, so... So you see them from effectively the other perspective. Yeah, so... And it, there's so many different mechanical and, like, interesting things. So basically, the, um... The biker is getting the same phone calls from you. And you can tell this because one of the missions that you end up doing as Jacket is actually a mission that the biker says, no, I'm not going to do that. It's there's too, there's too political. Yeah. One of the early missions that you do as Jacket is this really, you basically assassinate three Russian, like, heads of sort of gangs. And biker is like, I'm not going to do that. That's way too politically charged. Yeah. You know, it's boring or whatever. So that's how you know they're the same. They're being contracted by the same people. Same person, yeah. Except it's weird. So, Biker isn't a mute. He has a lot more dialogue. He talks to a lot of characters, and he doesn't actually kill everyone. Yep. There's many characters that you don't have to kill, or you just can't kill. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, the game just doesn't let you. Um, he's also mechanically pretty different. He can't He can't pick up weapons. You have three knives that you can throw, and you have a mute cleaver. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny, because if... Mechanically, if, uh, if Biker tried to do the mission that jacket ends up doing it would have been impossible because there are some sections where there's just a long hallway and there's guys with guns at the end you physically have to use a gun yeah you can't hit them with knives so it's actually kind of it's a weird thing where it's like it's lucky that biker didn't do that mission because he would have died and then you're like but then is it really lucky or is yeah or is it yeah so you play through from biker's perspective and you get up to the point where he's really sick of these fucking phone calls so he goes to the phone company to figure out where is where is he getting these calls from? And, he, and when we did the playthrough, I just fucking murdered everyone in the in the um the phone company. Yeah, you don't yeah. actually have to though; you can just leave them. Yeah. Um, the only guy you have to kill is the guy in the big room who's like, oh, who's giving me these phone calls? It's like, oh, it's this guy, and you kill him. And then Jake Jacket walks in, and he's wearing the chicken mask. Yeah, and. Your character turns around, actually says something different to what Jacket yes. thought he said. So Jacket, when Jack, when you walk in as Jacket and you see Biker, he says, I'm going to fucking kill you. When Jacket walks in, you're playing as Biker, Biker says, you should get out of here if you know what's good for you. Yep. And then the fight start, Jacket immediately runs towards the golf clubs that you have to go for as Jacket, which, every, which you do as Jacket. And you just run up and hit him. And he just fucking dies. Yeah. He just falls over and dies. Yeah, yeah. Just, he just fucking dies. He's like... He's so easy to fucking take out that it's it's just ridiculous. And it's a weird sort of idea where not only is it... It sort of reinforces the idea that Jacket's a really bad sort of perspective, bad narrator, yeah. unreliable narrator, because, you know, he got fucking mopped. 
in in one hit. Yeah, he got fucking destroyed, and not a, and you know he didn't really hear what he said, but it also plays it serves a purpose that biker as a character though he talks to people he you know he still murders fucking everyone he doesn't have to murder everyone yes he chooses to yeah he does and he takes out jacket in one hit it's super easy it's a weird thing where like not only is the at that stage of the game you're actually pretty good at hollow man because you have to be the game's hard so it's sort of it draws a parallel between the player improving at hotline miami the game and also biker as a whole being a different person which lets him succeed yes because in bike because when jacket tries to take out who's giving who he thinks are giving him the phone calls he's actually just killing more of the mob that the phone calls are telling him to kill yes because he's kind of dumb he doesn't really know well, he's, what he's not doing. he he's, doesn't think he doesn't think that's the thing and he just does when you're playing as jacket you play the whole game just really kind of mindless because you, you don't you really have any you don't really just... have any basis yeah yeah you've got no sort of Whereas when Jacket is introduced, he actually he forces sort of he forces a certain perspective onto the player because he has dialogue and he talks and he has an opinion. And he doesn't just have well because the other thing is that he doesn't just um, you know when you're playing as Jacket you get given questions but as the biker you ask questions. Yeah, that's another thing. Is the not even that, but you you don't just ask questions. You, get you do demand answers. Yeah, and you know when you you know, you play a couple more missions as a biker and you end up finding that. It's this weird underground sort of organization that's been the ones giving you all of these phone calls. Yeah. Um, there's actually two endings, depending on whether you find fucking puzzle pieces throughout the game. Jesus. Um, long story short, if you f- if you don't find the puzzle pieces, the the people you find at the end are basically just like, haha, but you know, they just don't tell you shit, they just laugh at you. And yeah. You're just confused, and you leave, and the game ends. Um, but if you do find the puzzle pieces you find that there's actually this huge underground organization and they've been trying to get rid of the russian mob yeah and that's basically it mm. and it's a weird it's a really weird sort of storytelling idea where you know like many you know heaps of novels and things do this idea where you have you know an unreliable narrator where you have two storylines running in parallel yeah but the thing with hollow mammy is that you have these two storylines running in parallel and they meet but then they diverge but neither is neither sort of perspective is right or wrong yeah because it, as biker you know you find out who's been giving you the phone calls but it doesn't really matter yeah you don't get i suppose it's this it's this case of like you get these differing perspectives and you expect that having two perspectives on one issue would give you the answers you need but instead you just get the same thing happen yeah which is i don't really know what's going on but these characters are sort of you know there's no definite oh that's why i'm doing it in both cases you end up thinking well what the fuck is going on yeah and i think a lot of it stems from the fact that it is just hollow Miami is a lot of questions yes and again the sequel answers a lot of them and actually the sequel makes the whole game make sense but again it's just like a blip on the actual radar of it but yeah some of the aren't like especially the questions that you get asked by the um three animal heads and even the like who the animal heads are themselves the actual names of them is you have the horses called don juan which is a weird like this is some weird research it's a, it's a reference to like someone who is known as being like a womanizer yeah it comes or, from shakespeare yeah and some people draw the parallels where well if it's that character and they're being really nice to you 
at some point in time, you actually find out that the person under the, under the horse mask is a female. That I've, makes sense. I've yet to find where, but apparently that's a thing. And some people say, well, maybe that's the representation of the hooker. Could be because she, she's kind of like the female version of a womanizer because she's a prostitute. Yeah. And and that would explain why she's nice to you and why, you know, she also like, oh, you look really terrible. You should rest. Blah blah blah. Yeah. The. The owl who's real angry. Um, his name is just fucking like, goddamn Richard. No, Rasmus, which is just the name of the mask itself that you get. Yeah. Um, the owl mask is called Rasmus. Um, you know, he's really fucking pissed at you, really angry. That could represent the mobs that you're killing or the Russians. You know. Yeah. Like they would fucking hate you. They're just the, the opposition. The owl says things like, "I didn't fucking invite you here. What are you doing?" You know, that's pretty. That's what Jacket does. Yeah. The coolest one is the chicken because Richard which is the chicken mask is the first mask you get it's the mask you get given so it's you so it's you and early on the chicken says things like you know you rec- I recognize you it's like I've seen you before we're gonna like we're gonna meet on May 5th yeah the first level of the game is on May 5th <laughs> so and then you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of wrinkled my brain a bit. Yeah, and then the chicken is one that asks you questions, and one of the funny questions is, "Why are we having this conversation?" So he's kind of, it, I mean, so then the, in the coma, he's self-interrogating as to why all of, yeah, kind so of effectively why he did the things that led him to be in the coma. Yeah, and why, and he's trying to get himself out of the coma. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what some people think the answer to why are we having this conversation is. To get to get out to of work this, out how to get to, out of this to coma. get to get up to the point where that we makes can get sense out. because then it's sort of then the whole storyline is before he wakes up is like a self interrogation of yeah like why uh, did I do these things why did I do these horrible and and things? and why did it get me into the position I'm in yeah and then you get the answer from the biker's perspective which is that because he didn't he doesn't listen he doesn't he's listen, not smart he's not and he just follows he just and follows does what he's orders. told and yeah. that's why he's in that position but you can't work that out unless you've seen everything before it yeah and so it's a story that's reliant on itself being told and there's the question which is pretty much synonymous with Hotline Miami now which is do you enjoy hurting people and the answer is kinda yeah kinda you have to like you and, and you as a player you start to as a player to... yeah that's the thing you you get in especially with the combination of just the visuals and the music and the gameplay like you get to a point where you really enjoy fucking and it's, it's, slaying it's people it's intoxicatingly fun yeah and it's and that's it's... kind of what the players are, that's kind of what the characters are feeling as well yeah and they you know there's so many parallels that they draw between the player and Jacket that it kind of makes you feel you know it really gets you close with them which is mm. why the biker's storyline is so effective especially yes. when you just fucking destroy you know you just fucking annihilate jacket and, you know even the him. fact that he comes even the fact that biker turns up to missions with knives and a meat cleaver yeah and it's jacket an, turns up with nothing with but his nothing. fists and he yeah it's a weird thing where you know, Jacket kind of just improvises on the fly. He does, you know, he uses the tool he has, whereas, you know, Biker clearly has a tried and true method. And, Three knives know, and meat cleaver, and he knows what he's doing. And, and you know, they're weapons that kill immediately, whereas yeah. Jacket goes in with his fists. Yeah, which The first do person shit. you kill, you have to beat the shit out of every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's... Of course he must enjoy hurting people. Because, yeah. you know, Biker hurts people because he has to. Because he has to, because he's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on yeah so I guess in that way it's you know Jack is interrogating himself as to why the guy you know 
why Biker takes him out is because, ultimately, it's because he enjoys hurting people and yeah. he's not smart. Yeah, and throughout the game, there's actually corpses of other mask-wearing people, like, within levels. Huh. So, like, you'll be going through a level and somewhere in, hidden in the corner, there'll be someone wearing, like, an elephant mask. Yeah. Which is someone else that they obviously called up and they sent on this and sent on this mission and failed. So and you and you know so it could it sort of hints at you that there are other people being tasked to kill things. It's not just you and, and yeah, you and know. obviously they're being given these masks and biker. You know he just he's like fuck wearing a mask. I'm just gonna wear my motorcycle. Yeah, and he then, clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, and it's also interesting because you get shot by someone wearing a mask. Yes, so it's a weird sort of it's a weird environment that you're in yeah it's very enclosed and it's self sort of yeah yeah it's really it's it's a very strange way to tell such an interesting like story yeah um what's sorry it's an interesting way to tell a strange story yeah um and the sequel yeah like again the sequel gives a lot of answers and the developers have gone erect to say like we're not making a third game the second is what we wanted you know the second is what we want we're trying to achieve Yeah. yeah Which is interesting, because a lot of games go for that typical three-act, you know, start, middle, end. Well, particularly a game that's as fun to play. Oh, so, yeah. They could, you know, if they banged out a third one, the yeah, gameplay... They'd, they'd make so much money. But what? But it's it's admirable that they were like, no, well, the story's done. Yeah, because... Because the, the games are about the story. Yeah, and then it, it it really fits that idea of questions and answers. Like, the first game's just like, what the fuck? And the second game... second game, I mean, to its credit, we probably will come back to it, just explains everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Puts everything into uh, perspective. Um, and I think we'll know that I'll come back to... We'll have to do an episode once I've played it, but I, I like the idea that you go from... And it's probably quite... I imagine the idea behind the second game is that once you have all the answers, it's way less satisfying than you expected. It's an interesting... Well, because the... Because isn't that kind of the point of the asking questions? Is that you ask questions expecting the answers to be satisfactory, but instead they always in that game end up just being fucking help. Like, they don't help you at all. Yeah, well, that's why, yeah. Because the, the first game is really incon- inconsequential. Like, the first game is really just... It's almost the catalyst for the second game. Even though the second game sort of, like, you know, bookends the first game's events. And really just makes it seem insignificant. Um, But overall, it's just... You know, Hollow Memory 1 has a real... A lot of substance to its story. Despite on paper looking... Looking like there's not a lot there. And I think that... You know, that's one of the reasons that we love Dark Souls so much. It's why we love... Oh, it's a, yeah, it does. It's it pulls similar things Dark story, Souls. Super subversive storytelling that leaves you with questions that are more important than the answers that you could get. Yeah. Because that ultimately is, like, what super good storytelling is in video games. Isn't... You know, it's not like, oh, what happened to blah, blah, blah. How did you get here? It's... You know, it, it's... You know, video games are naturally self-interrogating because... You, you know, it's asking you to play through someone else's perspective. Yeah. And, and you it's... have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? I could be out living my life. <laughs> and the idea that Hotline Miami kind of self-reflexively asks you the questions, but of the player character, like, it's such an interesting idea. Yeah, it's... And again, it's really hard to do... It's really hard to deliver stories that involve the player characters so deeply. And, because and it's such an create... unreli- like, and particularly when it's an unreliable narrator. Yeah, and especially if you're trying to create that parallel between the player and the player character, because a lot of the times, most games that have good story, they achieve it through kind of just 
you know, creating the main character and then letting the player step back. Yeah, there's no analog. From the outside. There's no analog in that world for you as yeah. the player. It's just I'm playing as Master Chief or I'm yeah. playing as blah blah blah. Like when you play, I'm Nathan Drake. Yeah, like when you play like the Walking Dead game, which are amazing storytelling yeah. experiences. It is kind of just like watching a movie, reading a book. Like yeah. it's you know we rag a lot of people rag on those games for not being games. I think they're fantastic, mm. but they're they're not. It's not the same. You know, it's not the same sort of play. It's a player-driven story, but it's actually secretly being driven by the developers the entire well, it's, time. It's a character. It's it's not a play. It's a character-driven story that the player plays a character. Whereas Hotline Miami is a player-driven story. Same as Dark Souls. You are a character. Like you play a character in the yeah. world. You don't control a character. Yeah, and your um, actions that you feel are your own actions just the game would just be like i know exactly what you're doing mm. which is really hard to do in a game because you know you can't you, you know, can't predict you what can't just you, can, you know you can't just have a game which just reads every action the player does because then you won't have a game then from a develop perspective that's fucking hard because then you built a film like the Walking yeah, Dead, yeah which is fine if that's what you're going for but then you know i i don't know it's just such hotline miami is such an accomplishment of craft you know, yeah. it's 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 so impressive, and you should. Also, pick... it's made by like two guys. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, if you haven't played it, pick it up on Steam. It's fucking awesome. If you live in Australia and you can't get the second game, just pirate it. Yeah, the developers. Have... The developers have yeah. condoned piracy of the yeah. second game because um, you can't get it. But yeah, it, it's it. it's great. Grab it on Steam. It's so good. Yeah, um, and it's the kind of game where once you once you play it once, and you're like, oh, I really want to play it again. Just play it again. You'll blast through it. Yeah, because when I you get good at it, it gets, just gets more fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially because it's, it's just great. Yeah, like especially all the different masks, which is an interesting sort of storytelling perspective. Because when you meet Biker, you can be wearing whatever mask. When Biker meets you, you're wearing Richard. Yeah, could because... be a technolo- technology fault, or could be the fact that no, it's because I think the player you're... doesn't jacket doesn't remember what mask he was wearing. Jacket each always, time. I think jacket always wears the Richard mask. Well, it could um... just be he didn't remember. You know, as a well, player, no, I think it's because it's a coma. He uh, he doesn't remember what mask he uh, wore that time. Well, n- but I'm what I'm guessing is that he might have worn the same mask for every hit, but because he's in a coma, he can wear a mask that lets him find guns more often because his brain is controlling the world. Yeah. Whereas in real life, you can't put on a different mask and find guns more easily. Yeah. So it might be a case of the fact that he's in a coma. He's kind of controlling it like a he's dream. kind of controlling it like yeah. a dream. Um, I don't know if that. Well. You know, you do get from kind of when you unlock new masks, they do arrive in the in the same box that you get the Richard mask in at the start of the game. Yeah. So it could be that in re- like in reality, he did Jacket did receive other masks, but because he's in a coma and he's he doesn't really remember properly, you know he he didn't know what he wore each time. So he can kind of sum it in. Yeah. So when so it in in reality he he wore the the um the Richard mask. Mm. During the, that when mission, he confronts the biker. when he confronts biker, yeah. whereas when you're playing it, he doesn't really remember, so you can just choose whatever. Yeah, um, um, yeah, which is a bit odd because obviously the the Richard mask doesn't give you any benefits. So mechanically, but obviously he's a he's a character; he doesn't really understand. But like, I think that even the fact that the mask that he supposedly wore gives you no benefits again comes back to the idea that he's just not good at what he does. Yeah, and he's just a dumb guy. He's just a guy wearing a mask. Which again, that's that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fuck, we could talk about this for hours. But yeah. um, we'll let you guys uh, get back to whatever it is that you do when you're not listening to this podcast. Um, yeah. 
You can, if you want to help support us, um, you can hit us up on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash DCMworks. Shout out to Brendan A. McQuaid for being a, a champion on Patreon. Um, and if you have any questions for us, hashtag AFAPod or tweet us at DCM underscore works. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. You find us all those places. Everything, as always, is in the show notes and grab some sweet merchandise as well. And, um, put a t-shirt on your body. Put a, get, get clothed. Yeah. And we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. The visuals are very, like, well done. And, like, the <laughs> gameplay is super fun. <laughs> and, like, because those three things are there, it's, like, it's exceptionally good. Hey, I could do it in a heartbeat and make millions, but it would feel like gouging my soul out. Yeah. Jurassic Park's a little more like DDR. If Shrek is a fragile creature, can he actually own land and want to kick them off? You have to make a lot of shit off to make good art. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's just the truth. Like.